opening up the mailbag to get to your trade questions, all sorts of trade scenarios, and I'll answer them right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown's 18. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O'B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day and part of your daily routine. It's a Monday through Friday podcast, so I do appreciate you listening every day. Uh, I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. I'm also one of the voters, the media voters, on the Celtics 75th anniversary team, which is being announced right now. Uh, a lot of you went to the mailbag link, which is johncorrales.com mailbag and submitted a ton of questions. You've been doing it a lot. I really do appreciate that. Uh, thank you for that. Also, thank you to the people who are watching the show on YouTube. That show continues to grow. We're getting closer to 3,700. You know, Each show, we add like 10, 15, 20 people. So I really do uh, appreciate that. Uh, the trade questions came in hot and heavy. When I mentioned yesterday, I was doing a mailbag show today ahead of the Celtics-Hawks uh, Friday game and the Celtics-Pelicans game on Saturday, which I will be talking about in the Monday podcast. So uh, I figured today would be a great time since there's a little bit of downtime. Celtics were off on Thursday traveling to Atlanta. I have traveled to New Orleans ahead of that game. So I will be in New Orleans for Celtics Pelicans and enjoying NOLA because I do enjoy NOLA. So I'm here in my hotel room before uh, I go out and get some. The food here is Awesome. It is so amazing. If you have a chance to come down here just to eat, not even to watch basketball, not just come down here and eat. You're going to love it. Uh, but I want to do this podcast for you and hear the mailbag questions. It is almost entirely about trades. Although one popular question about picking a Celtics who would join me in a fight does come up later on. Let's start with, it's a very popular question. Let's start with Joseph K who says, I know you get this all the time, but do you, do, you, do you see the Celtics making a larger move or more possible smaller ones? I recently heard the name Justin Holiday pop up and his fairly low salary. What would it take to get him? Uh, what are some other similar deals that you see? Well, the, the Holiday deal is certainly something that's doable. I'll reiterate what I see the Celtics doing, which is moving Schroeder to clear up more space, try to get a couple of second rounders for him. Maybe you move one of... Bull Bull, P.J. Dozier, Bruno Fernando, uh, one of those guys. Uh, Bull Bull makes $2.16 million. Dozier makes $1.9. Fernando makes just under $1.8. You can move one or two of those guys if you're bringing somebody in to, to clear up some more tax room. So I, I do see Schroeder going out. That's one thing I do see. If they have the space, they have the... Tristan Thompson, traded player exception, exception, that's $9.7 million. They can use that to bring a player in who makes 9.7 or less or a combination of players who make up to 9.7. They have the $17 million uh, uh, traded player exception for, uh, why am I drawing a blank on his <laughs> name right now? Um, anyway, 
I just completely froze. And uh, Evan Fournier got it back, got it back. I'm still not in that food coma yet. I got it back. I wouldn't have gotten it back if I had it dinner first. Uh, they got the Fournier traded player exception, but uh, they could they could play around and and maybe get somebody into that. The the motivation here, and you got to keep this motivation in mind for the Celtics, is they're they're looking to stay under the tax line this year, unless it gets them something like unless something falls into their lap. That's awesome. So bring you, bring you back to the Justin holiday or, or, or deal like a deal for Justin holiday. Maybe Norm Powell is another name that's popped up guys like that. Holiday makes $6 million this year, six point, just under 6.3 next year. He's 32. He's a little on the older side, but he's a, a good shooter uh, and under contract for one more year at a, a decent price. The Celtics could, if, if the price and there's a rumor on hoops, hype that says that the, um, the Indiana Pacers are looking for two seconds for, for a holiday. If that's the case, then you can basically make it a three team deal. You can talk to Indiana and talk to some other team and say, okay, you send two seconds to Indiana. We'll send you Schroeder and we'll take Justin holiday. And that's basically a wash money wise. And it's, it's like a tick higher because Schroeder makes 5.89 million and holiday makes 6 million. So there's that little extra there. You just send out bull bull or send out Fernando and you're under the tax line. Very easy thing to do. So I can see that happening. You know, Schroeder goes one way, holiday comes in another, the two picks go to the the Indiana Pacers, uh, another salary clearing trade, and that's it. Celtics are done. Then at that point, Celtics are done. uh, Unless something crazy falls into their lap. They they do have the traded player exception from Evan Fournier if a crazy deal like that happens. But these types of deals, the $6 million or less, is good. So I, I kind of like the holiday suggestion. If if the Celtics are cool with, you know, like I think they can get under this, this tax line. If you keep um, if you keep Josh Richardson, you know, Richardson and Holiday off the bench, decent veteran guys to go around. I don't know what they do next year, but that that's a, a that's something that I can deal with. And then even if you move Richardson after that as part of it, then then you know I, I can understand that too. And, and Richardson plus others can can become aggregating salaries to go somewhere for a trade. I mean that that's certainly I'm not ruling that out. Richardson plus Romeo going somewhere is still a possibility to you know to to add to the team while pulling a deal like this for Holiday. Don't want to tinker too much around the edges and make the team marginally better. I think a deal like Holiday is good for this year's team because it adds something that this year's team needs. It brings in a useful player that's not going to be um you know here for for 4 or 5 years. You're not going too crazy locking up your your flexibility. It gives the guys today a player that you say, "Hey, look, this is this guy's a shooter. He's going to help us out." That helps boost, I think, morale a little bit. You you lose Schroeder, you're opening opening up some space for Pritchard, but you also open up some space for some veteran help that that can shoot. So it's a possibility for sure. Bailey says, "What do you think about a Joe Ingles trade, maybe for Richardson or something like that? 
it would add some veteran leadership and also some shooting. Joe, I'll fold, fold Joe's question in here. I just heard someone on EEI saying we should we should trade smart for Ingles and a first, which is a terrible trade if you ask me. So I had to try to get your opinion on my idea. I don't know how we make it work, but why is no one talking about Montrez Harrell? He goes on to say, Montrez has a chip on his shoulder. He hustles and all of that stuff. That is all true. Let me start with the Ingles stuff. Ingles is $13 million, so it's a tougher match. He's 34 years old. That's a tougher age to bring in. He's got, this is an expiring contract. So you're giving up assets to get a 34-year-old whose contract expires at the end of this year. Are you willing to re-sign him? Is this a guy you're going to give money to long-term? And his shooting is down to 35.5%, which is not great. He used to shoot better. And the question now is, everybody on the Jazz is, is kind of struggling in his own way for the most part. Is this part of something that's a trend for, for Ingles? He's 34. Is his shooting starting to, to decline? Is he at the tail end? I don't want to be the team that finds out. So I think I'm out on Ingles. And trading smart for Ingles is insane. That's just an insane idea. Even for people who don't like Marcus Smart, you've got to admit that trading him for 34-year-old Joe Ingles on an expiring contract, a guy that you're probably not going to pay, next year is an insane idea. That is just bad, bad, bad. So I'm out on Ingles and I'm especially out on that, that deal. I'm also out on Harold. Now Montrez, I like Montrez Harold for that exact reason that Joe mentioned. He has a chip on his shoulder for sure. We need in Boston, a guy with an edge and that guy plays with an edge. He also plays no defense whatsoever. And that becomes a problem because we've seen how Ime Odoka minimizes guys who don't play any defense, $9.7 million, also an expiring contract. Are the Celtics going to re-sign Montrez Harrell? So do you give up the, you know, you could use, I think he fits into the traded player exception for Tristan Thompson. You can use that, but you still have to move a lot of salary to get under the luxury tax. You're not going to bring Montrez Harrell in and go over the tax for him because he's not going to change this team. You put Montrez Harrell on this team, he's not going to make this team a championship team. He can make it a little bit better, maybe offensively for sure, maybe a little worse defensively, and he'll his edge will certainly be helpful. But that's not a championship move, and they're not going to be paying a tax. So we can forget about Montrez Harold. Uh, let's save. I got a John Collins question and some Al Horford talk coming up. Uh, but first, let me tell you about. Bet Online. It is a new year and it's a happy new betting year for you from the folks at Bet Online, which remains the number one spot for all your sports wagering action for 2022. They've got a new updated desktop and mobile site. So head on over, use the promo code Locked On for 50% off. I'm sorry, a 50% welcome bonus. It's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I'm so used to giving away deals like that. It's a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. So whatever your favorite sports, even your favorite Vegas casino games are all right there at Bet Online. So head on over. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. I really want to make sure that you know about our special NBA trade deadline show, which is on Thursday, February 10th, trade deadline, starting at about 2 p.m. It's me and Josh Lloyd giving you some analysis along with veteran uh, NBA veteran Antonio Dan Daniels. Uh, Kim Becker is the host. She'll be running the show. 
from two to four o'clock. And we'll be running down every trade, every blockbuster move. We'll be including the local hosts. This is in-depth local coverage that you're not gonna find on any show, not even those big national shows. They don't know these teams the way we know these teams. So it's gonna be, I think, a great show. And so check it out. Uh, subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube page. That's where it'll be airing. Get your notifications so you know when we go live. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's get back to the questions. More trade questions. Michael K. with all the talk of John Collins being available, I wonder if you believe there's a way for the Celtics to acquire him without trading one of the Jays. Does the deal built around Smart and Williams plus youth get picks and, and picks get it done? Um, so the idea of John Collins playing alongside the Jays is I'm sure tantalizing for a lot of guys. He's a good young player. Part of the issue here is what it takes to get him. The, 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 you can't send Smart and Richardson or Smart and Horford and a young guy and picks. You can't pile up two, three, four guys to bring back one uh, because they don't have the spots to do that. And that, that becomes a real issue here. If you don't have the, the, the spots to, to bring a guy, that, that means what you're trading for is a, a player. Uh, you're trading for Collins, um, but the Hawks are trading Collins and whoever they have to cut. And, and you just, that's not something that the Hawks want to do. That's why the San Antonio Spurs didn't do the deal straight up with the Denver Nuggets and why the Celtics got involved with Juancho Hernan Gomez, because the Spurs didn't want to take two guys. They only had one roster spot. So to match Collins, who is making 23 million this year, and he's under contract for the next three, three years after this. So four years total, 23.5, 25.3, 26 26.6, just about. Good contract for a guy who's as good as Collins is. Yeah, I get it in theory. I don't know how the Celtics can pull that off. It's, it, they're going to require a third team, maybe even a fourth team. For all of what, what the Hawks hope to get for Collins, for what the Celtics have to send out, and to make it all work, it's an extraordinarily complicated trade. I don't think that they can pull that off. Mike G, in a similar situation here, Mike, what do you think of a swap for John Wall, of John Wall for Al Horford and Josh Richardson? I recognize Wall has a huge contract this year, probably will next year if he exercises his option. I just don't think that we can pay Al the 27 or so million that he will get next year with the way he's shooting. Let me, let me fold in this question from Josh, who says, who asks, let's say we fully guarantee Al Horford's contract next season at the deadline to trade him to the Wizards for Beal. Could we sign Al in the offseason if he gets bought out? So the, the Celtics can keep Al Horford around next year. In, in the summer, if they don't guarantee his contract, he'll be worth $14 million aggregating salary. So if they trade him now, they have to guarantee the 27 million next year. If they, to, to match the, the John Wall trade, John Wall's money is insane. And, and I just, I can't see the Celtics even put $44 million in a $47 million 
option, uh, player option for next year, which of course he's going to take. Of course he is, because no one's going to pay him that. No one's even going to pay him that spread out over three years. John Wall, you can't possibly, they can't possibly get John Wall. There's, there's just no way. Um, it's just no way. I'm sorry, financially, it just can't happen. But Al Horford, I think next year, if they they bring him back, they don't use his money over the summer, then they can bring him back and use him next trade deadline. There is a one-year waiting period. Um, so there's no reacquiring him. They, they can't buy him out and then reacquire him in the summer. There is a one year. And now if he, if they trade him again, so let's pretend the Celtics use a, a Horford centric package that works for Bradley Beal next year, they trade him to Washington. Washington turns around and flips Bradley Beal to, I mean, uh, flips Al Horford to uh, a team with cap space um, or an, an exception or something like that, whatever. And as a way to try to save some money, then when he gets bought out there or that contract runs out there, then they, they can, they can bring him back. If another team acquires him and then cuts him, then, then that resets the clock. So that that's how that would have to work. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't work directly if you trade a guy and cut him. They used to do that. They're, they're, this whole one year waiting period is to address a loophole. Teams would say, yeah, I'll trade you Al Horford for, you know, your superstar player and it would whatever. And and they'd say, okay, yeah, sure. No problem with the wink, wink, like, okay, you cut Al Horford and then the Celtics would sign him back. You know, teams did that all the time, trade a guy to another team, that team cuts them, that the, the trading team signed them right back. So it was a way to skirt rules, right? Like the Celtics could have said, okay, we're going to include Marcus Smart in a trade to get this guy, but you're going to cut Marcus Smart and we'll give you money and we'll re-sign Marcus Smart. And that's how they would get around including guys that they didn't want to include into a trade, but they would do it just to make the trade work. The other team would cut the guy and then they would they would kind of skirt the rules that way. Not really... Uh, what the league intended. So they, they put that one year waiting period to kind of cut that out. Steve says, uh, Hey, how about targeting Colin Sexton as a primary point guard moving forward upon return from injury? I would imagine that he will struggle to topple Garland as the primary ball handler for the Cavs thoughts. I, I have a soft spot for Colin Sexton. Um, He was thrown out of a game last year, the last game of the season and instead of going to the locker room, he sat there in the tunnel and was watching the game from the tunnel. And that level of like, like I could see the pain in his eyes. And I was like, that dude is a gamer. That dude is the, he, there's something about that guy that I love in that moment. Now, as a player on the floor, he has a lot of adjusting to do. And um, there would be some growth necessary to make him work as a point guard the type of point guard that I think the Celtics would want around Tatum and Brown. I don't think he works right now as that. And the other side of this is he's a restricted free agent. So if you're trading for him, you're trading for him to sign him. And what are you going to give him? What's his market? I'm sure he's going to want a lot of money. Are you going to invest that level of money in Sexton? If you, if you're not hundred percent sure what he's going to deliver 
and I, I just don't know what he's going to deliver as a point guard. I, I have faith. I believe in his, his desire to be good. I don't know that the Celtics are going to be the place that his, it's going to be the breeding ground for his success. It may not be Cleveland either. They seem to have moved on. And I agree that maybe his days are done in Cleveland, but there's, I just don't think it's going to be Boston. Going to come back. People want to know if I get into a fight. I don't know why so many people want me to get into fights with a Celtic uh, by my side, not fighting a Celtic because I wouldn't do that, but me and a Celtic getting into a fight. Let's call it a tag team wrestling match. Who would I pick? Uh, That's coming up next, including uh, I'm also going to include some other non-trade questions. Uh, One other one in particular when it comes to Jason Tatum. First, let's talk about Built Bar, which is a great uh, tasting protein bar. But also, it's going to be a great like way to keep your New Year's resolution. You want to lose a few pounds? I know I do. If you have some snacks, if you have one of those drawers where there's like full of candy and chocolate uh, and you want to stop eating that stuff because those candy bars have somewhere around 240, 250 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, replace those with a Built Bar, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein on top of that. So it's covered in 100% chocolate. So you're still going to satisfy that craving. It's going to feel like you're eating a candy bar, but it's so much better for your body. You're going to be able to eat one and you're going to feel better about that. Like, you know, you eat a candy bar and you're trying to lose some weight and you feel bad about yourself. You're not going to feel that bad when it comes to a built Bar. So replace your stash with built Bars. If you're going to the gym, take one with you. It's great after you work out. If you are running late, grab one, have one for breakfast. It's, you're going to get all that protein and you know that's going to help your body kind of kickstart the day. So check them out. And the best part about this is the promo code LOCK15 is going to get you 15% off and it's going to do it every single time. So go try a mixed box, figure out what flavors you like. There are a lot of different kinds of flavors. If you've got nut allergies, they're fine. They've got, op- they've got plenty of options for you. They work if you're on a keto diet. Once you figure out which ones you like, use the promo code LOCK15 again. Stock up. It works every time for 15% off at Built.com. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. How about making Locked On Bets your second listen every day? Hosted by your boy Q, Lee Sterling. They're going to have some great advice if you go to bet online and drop a few bucks on some games. Listen to them first. See what they've got to say. Maybe they can help you win a few bucks. So check them out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Let's get back to the mailbag questions. And a non-trade question asked by Todd, who says, should Tatum go back to the four like earlier in his career? Tatum off ball blocks best. Um, uh, Slower guards, uh, you know, play slower guards, so on and so forth. Um, He basically, the suggestion is that um, Tatum can play the four. And I think I like Tatum at the four. He's big enough to handle that. You would have to, if, if you're starting him at the four, I think situationally, you can have two starting lineups and have a situational starting lineup where if Smart's your point guard and you wanted to go Richardson, say, as your off guard and you play everyone down a position, so Tatum goes down to the three, I'm sorry, Jalen goes down to the three, Tatum goes to the four and you're playing single big, that's that's a certain op certainly an option because Tatum is you know, he's like six nine six ten uh, he's certainly strong enough to handle most NBA power forwards and 
but the distinction between power forward and small forward nowadays, there is almost none. So he does spend some time playing the four anyway. Um, the only question is, is he, is he on the floor with one or two bigs? And, and depending on the, the configuration there, we've seen him out there with Josh Richardson. We've seen him out there uh, in, those, in those configurations. So he, he can certainly do it more often. That's one option for the Celtics to start a different lineup and not go double bigs, right? And I think if, if the Celtics were to trade for a knockdown shooter or or if somehow Aaron Neesmith elevated his game and became an undoubted starting caliber uh, two guard, then you can go smart Neesmith, Jalen, Jason, and Robert Williams with Al Horford coming off the bench. And I like Al Horford coming off the bench. Even after you trade Dennis Schroeder, I still like Al Horford coming off the bench and staggering those lineups. Now, the real question will be how good defensively would Aaron Neesmith be? Because the smart Jays and two bigs is a really good defensive lineup. I mean, those guys, we can bemoan the spacing and we can say that Al Horford shooting has abandoned him. That's Those are true. But those guys can, can defend at a high, high level. And Al Horford can still get out there and switch onto wings and stay in front of them long enough where it the Celtics can recover on the other side of it. So that is a configuration I I kind of I, I still kind of like. There there are there are arguments for both. I certainly do see, and I think maybe Grant Williams starting kind of gives you the same effect. So you start smart the Jays, Grant, and Rob, and you have certainly more floor spacing because Grant is is becoming a much more dangerous shooter out there and teams have to pay attention to him now, that will open up passing lanes and that will open up cutting lanes and that can really help the Celtics offense. If Grant can really match Horford's defense, then that could be the solution right there, which means Tatum plays the three. But Tatum can play the four. That is uh, 100% sure. Uh, I'm 100% sure about that. A couple of other questions here to wrap up the show. More about the podcast here. Anthony, my question is in regards to special guests. How come you don't have any special guests on the podcast? I know on occasion you have crossover episodes and Keith Smith hops on for trade and salary stuff. I like to see former players, coaches, or um, anyone of your choice. And who would be your dream guest on the show? Well, the network allows me to have whomever I want on, and I would love to have former players. And, and you know, I've I've reached out before here and there, and you know, I've had earlier on we had Robert Parrish on, and you know, I've had Tommy Heinsohn on the show. Um, luckily, I had that. I had Danny Ainge on the show, so I have had special guests on in the past. Um, haven't had one on recently. I think more circumstances have dictated that, and especially in season. Uh, I'm, I'm as caught up in the flow of game practice, game practice, you know, that type of stuff. And there's always, there's always something next coming to, in, you know, on a daily podcast, I don't want to blow out stuff from the day and this, this trade stuff that everybody wants to listen to. I don't want to blow that out. Um, but yes, I, I will have somebody on, uh, from time to time as best I can. 
My dream guest, geez, there's so many. You know, Larry Bird would be a dream guest. Kevin McHale, uh, my basketball hero, would be a dream guest. Sue Bird would be a dream guest. Um, I would have, I would have so much. Oh my God, I'd be marking out uh, if any of those people were on. I don't know if I could have them on. I would, I would lose my mind. But yes, um, it's a fair point. And aside from saying that Keith Smith isn't special, which I know you're, you're not saying, but I just want Keith Smith to hear that somebody suggested that he isn't special. Um, yes, I will. I will try to have someone. Uh, Carter, let's wrap it up with: If you could pick one current Celtics player to have your back in a street fight, who would it be and why? I feel like the question should be: If you could have any one Celtics player have your back in a street fight, why is it Marcus Smart? <laughs> like, Mar- who else on this team would I rather have in a fight? If I'm if I'm stuck pinned against the wall and I got one Celtic coming out of a a side alley door going, oh, what? You need help? Here I come. Who else is it going to be? It, it's, it's not going to be Tatum. It's not going to be Jalen. Like, they don't strike me as fighters. It's not going to be Al. Al's going to be like trying to sit everybody down and, and try to negotiate a peace treaty, which is probably smarter. But um, no. And like, who else? Bruno Fernando seems like he'd be a badass. Like, I might, if Bruno Fernando's available, now I would take him. Um, Aaron Neesmith just to run around real fast and confuse guys. Maybe that give me a chance to run away. But if I'm going down, if we're throwing hands, it's Marcus Smart and is just not even a question uh, as to why. I mean, he's, first of all, he's, I believe he's actually taken like Muay Thai classes. So I think he's actually like been trained how to fight. So that's number one. If you're going to have somebody in a fight, you want somebody who's actually had some training as a fighter. Um, and Marcus Smart, you know, you can you can like him, you can not like him on the basketball court. That dude's been through some shit, and he is he is going to die before he loses a fight. So definitely want Marcus on my side. That'll do it for this show. That'll do it for this week. I uh, appreciate you uh, tuning in, watching, listening, and all of that stuff. Hopefully you've enjoyed the week of podcasting here. It's a Monday through Friday show. Friday night, Celtics Hawks. I will not be podcasting after that unless something insane happens. Same with the uh, Celtics and Pelicans. I will release the podcast talking about both those games uh, Sunday night into Monday. So uh, it remains a Monday through Friday podcast. Again, unless something happens that demands a podcast, uh, I will uh, cover it all on Monday. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you are subscribing to the show on YouTube. Once again, trying to get to 4,000 here pretty quickly. Maybe we can do it by the all-star break. That would be really cool. So subscribe, share the podcast, tell your friends, tell everybody they should be watching and listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.